Welcome to Running Wild with Christine, Sex, Success, and Other Slippery Rabbit Holes. Welcome to episode 19, Uh-Oh, Sadness, <laughs> with Devin S. Hello. Hi, Devin. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Christine? I mean, it's Tuesday night. Yeah. We're both pretty tipsy. Yeah. A classic Tuesday. <laughs> I'm a little sick. Uh-oh. Yeah. And uh, so I'm sorry if I cough and shit. Um, but yeah, we're good. Cheers. 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 Um, so basically as a little intro, um, Devin and I met a long time ago. So long. Uh, about a decade? About a decade ago. Don't. Really aging us. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in a decade we accomplished a lot. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm in the same spot. (laughs) Me basically. (laughs) Move forward. You've done some things. I mean basically you were what? You were at UBC for like seven years. I was at oh, you gotta tell five. everyone that I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, no, no you you're just, right. You're we right. change our minds. Things, is, things are okay. Changed my mind. Drank a little too much. Forgot school was the main thing of university. I mean, I'm sort of to blame for that. Well, I mean, you you didn't help. <laughs> I don't know about the blame. Uh, yeah. So you guys know that I was a bartender while I was in university, and we definitely actually met through someone who's in the book by the name of Jerry. If anyone you know knows. Who I'm talking about. Classic Jerry. Jerry, who is my frat house connection. So, um, yeah, and then basically, I don't even know how we met. Like, there's. I don't remember some exact, like, this is the moment meeting Christine. It was just like, oh, this person's in my life now. This is nice. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think when we met, I had red hair, didn't I? Like, oh, you flashy through, red hair. You've gone through a multitude of rainbow hair since I've known you, though. Yeah. But I'm, like, close, the closest thing now to what I was back then. I True. Think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a nice little loop. The pinky purple. <laughs> I do like this more. I like this more. Thanks. Yeah. I'm rocking the pink-ish purple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically about, I would say, like, three weeks ago, before the London trips and everything, I sort of was struggling to find podcast ga- guests, mm. or I knew that my travel schedule was going to be fucked, and... I posted this thing on my personal Facebook going like, help. (laughs) I need people to be vulnerable and talk about real shit with me for like 45 minutes. I'm always vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I actually love that. You came back to me and you were like, hey, um, I don't know if this is relevant, but um, can we talk about like suicide prevention and depression? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Um, Do you want to do that now? Let's do that now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like. Thankfully and unfortunately, thankfully I am uh, not in a state of depression at the moment, which is always a thankful, but mm-hmm. unfortunately because it's like when you go to the doctor and that ailment's no longer bothering you and you suddenly forget how to talk to the doctor about it. Yeah. But like it's still something you got to get checked out. No, but also I think fortunately when you did send me that message, I was like, okay, Dev, like tomorrow, this time, two hour Skype. Oh yeah, that was, I mean like you'd been gone for a while, we'd kept in touch. Yeah, briefly. we talked for like two or three but years. That was the like, first properly. time we ever like had like a long Skype. Just, and I, and again, like I appreciate the fuck out of that because that was a low point, and I needed friends. And to be fair, I didn't even fucking call you because I was that worried about you. I mean, I messaged you because I was <laughs> yeah, worried yeah. about you, and we were like messaging, and I was like texting you regularly because mm. I was worried about you. But the minute that I called you, it was actually because I was like, "Oh, I've just done something really shitty." Yeah, yeah. Which is totally, like, that's not, like, a bad thing. No, but for me, it was, like, okay, you've opened up about this, like, vulnerable problem in your life mm-hmm. in a minute. And I, I sort of, in, the, in our messages, I said, look, I really want to talk to you about this topic because it's not something that I've l- ever been really personally affected by. Right. 
So I don't know what I would say, but I would love to hear your thoughts. But then when I was going through like this really sad, which is hence the uh-oh sadness. Uh-oh sadness, because <laughs> it just pops up. Because it came up and I was literally like, it's three fucking in the morning in Switzerland. I'm about to either text someone some stupid shit, which yeah. I keep doing. Oh, I was going to say, I'm glad, glad you didn't, but it turns out you might have. Oh, no, not that night, but okay. I had these right. this weekend. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you about that later. Oh, perfect. Um, but <laughs> Episode 20. <laughs> yeah. Stupid text by Christine. Um, no, but basically I was like, look, I've done something shitty. I need your advice. And then we talked for like two hours. Yeah. All kinds of shit. But um, anyway, back to the topic. Um, we messaged quite a bit mm. about... Because this was all happening around the time of Anthony Bourdain's news. Oh, yeah. Honestly, that's crazy that I forgot about that. Um, not in the grand scheme of things, but just right now. Because... Yeah. I don't want to necessarily say that was a trigger, like I'd already been feeling stuff, but it was to see someone who was an idol in my eyes for many other things, like his writing, his personality, his, his, his TV shows, uh, what I saw him doing for his friends, what I saw him doing for Dario Argenta, you know, with the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. Asia, you mean? Asia, yes, Dario's his daughter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Harvey Weinstein didn't, let's not get into that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, Asia. just seeing this this powerhouse of a man fall yeah the farthest you could fall um it, it, it shook me yeah i mean and they say that these kinds of things come in ways and that they're contagious like mm. it, and that's the word that that we use on purpose yeah. because well that, I, let's that's not forget, what it's like, like. Kate spade it just happened to yeah exactly yeah. and i think that's something that shook us all like i mean you're bartending now and i'm unemployed have been for a couple of years right but ultimately, we're both creative people. Like you've had your stints within film and TV as well, yeah. and that's sort of my goal. And wanted to write, tried writing, stopped. Writing. We'll write together. Yeah, that's gonna happen. The but, sequel. Yeah, or some other TV show. I have it's some ideas. Better. Yeah. <laughs> but, Episode twenty-one. But um, but I think that was kind of like a big trigger for everyone in the sense of. You know, whether you've gone through it yourself, or you have people in your life that are going through it, or have mm -hmm. gone through it, it's kind of like that. For me, like, watching Ozzy react to it, and um, I feel sort of very voyeuristic about this whole episode because, like, we saw a lot of things online, mm -hmm. and we're not, we're privy to their private lives. Yeah, we but, don't know these people. But we don't know these people. And I was kind of like, that's the fucked up thing, is mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily realize that someone you love is going through the stuff, and it might, like you just said, you're like, I'm fine now, but I don't, like... Oh, totally. I don't know when I was fine and when I wasn't fine. It's not like it has like a process. It just is sort of very nonsensical in itself. Absolutely is like the the people who know me know me. Like we talk on a personal level and we hang out. Those people definitely know that even in my happy moments, like that's something I suffer from. But I would say like casual coworkers, casual acquaintances. These people, I've had people say like, "Oh, you're a real happy or lucky person." Yeah. And. I think it's the same thing with these people. Like, yeah, you know, Robin Williams, that was, it, it's tragic. I'm not trying to take anything away, but when you can kind of rationalize their depression, somehow it's easier for us to, like, handle and deal with. We're yeah. Like, yeah, he's a happy-go-lucky person, but we saw the sadness. Whereas Anthony Bourdain, it's like, dude is living his best life. You know, where did this come from? Because yeah. we don't know him. Yeah, and this is sort of why, like, when I saw you a couple of days ago, since I've been back in Vancouver, you were like, I'm better, and I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. But also today, when we sat down, I was like, okay, so this is probably, like, a very intrusive question, but, like, 
how did you get better? Or like, did you notice? Right. And, and basically like, okay, let's, let's backtrack for people who listen because this is going to make more sense. Like, when did you first realize you were suffering from something that you would have called or might have not called depression? Um, you know what? I definitely, I definitely suffered from it in like later years, high school. Yeah. But to me, I don't know if it was just this content I was watching on TV and stuff like that didn't seem to be depression. That was just like you, you wallow in sadness and it's, it's the way you articulate yourself. But it was, I would say first year university, uh, I moved, so this is 2007, uh, I moved to Ottawa for first year, I was by myself, did not get into residency, did not get a place on campus even, so I was off campus, just that like, you know, I, I did have friends and yeah. people I was do, hanging out with, but that, that constant isolation. Uh, isolation, exactly, that was when I realized, oh fuck, this is this is more severe than sadness. This is more severe than something affecting me for a little longer than it should. This is, nothing's going on and I'm still affected by this void. Yeah. 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 That was, I don't know if it's jumping too far in or getting too serious, but that was the first time where I uh, heavily considered suicide. In 2007. Yeah, it would have, yeah, exactly. 2007, early 2008 or something like that. It was that first year of university. Did you tell anyone? I, uh, at the time, no, I terribly told my mother months later while we were driving and she had to pull over. She was bawling so hard, (laughs) which that broke my heart too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's, it was also like, yeah, probably like a PSA announcement. Don't say that while someone's driving. Yeah. Don't say that while someone's driving. (laughs) Who loves you? I don't want to say don't tell your mother, but. Uh, tell her when she's sitting down. Yeah, yeah. If you have someone else, if you have other people to tell, that's definitely better because you should tell people. You should talk yeah. about it. But sometimes the person who created you and cares about you the most in the world might not need to know 100% of what's ailing you. If well, I mean, if, even if, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, the helping is the mm-hmm. hard part because I think that you did the right thing in telling her. Right. Um, but the problem with depression is that it's really hard to help someone. Absolutely. And so giving that kind of information to someone who's going to feel helpless mm-hmm. can be very guilt-inducing um, for you and make your situation worse. Totally. I gave her no preparation time. And I, I've also been on the other side of this conversation where I've had friends talk to me about their depression. And, um, you know, I'm in a different case because I deal with it. So I know how I would want it to be discussed with me, right? But yeah. other people need some sort of a cushion time to know how to properly talk to people because yeah. you can say so many wrong things. <laughs> you can the, the thing I've heard the most that is just terrible is have you tried getting over it? Have you tried not being depressed? And it's like <laughs> motherfucker, yeah, first fucking thing I did. <laughs> if that was possible, we wouldn't be talking about this. Yeah. 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 It sounds ridiculous, but like I'm sure I've done it. No, exactly. And I, don't, I don't blame the person ever for but it. But there is no blame in this. Yeah. This is why this podcast is like here for. Like we're not blaming ever exactly. anyone. Unless they're like actual like dicks who want to be dicks. Yeah. yeah. But, but like what I would like to get across is maybe like how to talk to someone about it. Yeah. Especially friends that you already know. Maybe it's not a constant discussion, but you already know that they're dealing with it. That they're suffering from it. What have you. What other synonyms. But... How to discuss it with them, even if it's not something that you can necessarily help with, 
just help them cope in that moment. What would you say then? What I would say is an understanding. Um, I've heard a lot, you know, even with Bourdain's suicide, I've heard a lot of blame thrown around. <gasps> so much. So much blame at the person Have you seen... for being weak. Him, first yeah. of all, and then her. Yeah. For yeah. not seeing it. Oh, and, you know, she's got a daughter, how selfish it is. And it's like, you don't think that poor woman thought only about her daughter every time she wanted to do it? And then it was just too much? Like, so that's the thing. It's like, it's like talking down to someone. Don't talk to someone with yeah. depression as if they're an infant and they have no idea what they're doing and you've got the answer. Listen. Don't necessarily, you don't even need to talk. Listen. Yeah. Listen to what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, prompted questions, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you said this. Why? 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 And, and, and how? And like, do you want to talk about it? Exactly. And what do you want to talk about? And, and what's on your mind? Yeah. And how do you feel? Don't push people too hard, but no. let them feel. And I know it's a hard thing to do. I've experienced it from that side as well. But uh, make it known that this is a safe space that, like, yeah, I'm not judging you from anything you say. You could say something that I legitimately think is ridiculous. I'm not going to vocalize that. I'm going to listen to what you said yeah. and internalize but hopefully you don't find it ridiculous. Yeah. And and the thing is, even if you do, like, if you have that communication and that space open, mm-hmm. you can be like, okay, I, I like, or, or find a sort of quote unquote good time that doesn't exist. Like, I'm the p- first believer of, like, there is no such thing as good timing. Yeah. You make it happen. But, um, but find the right sort of emotional time to say, okay, so you said this. These are my thoughts. You mm-hmm. might disagree, but I can't not tell you what I think and that for me yeah. is always like a I'm not telling you this is the right way or the wrong way I'm not imposing but like if I don't tell you this I'm gonna feel guilty about holding this back oh, absolutely so take the information to whatever the fuck you want with it yeah don't give direction give suggestions exactly yeah. not even suggestions it's just like this is how I feel hearing okay. what you say yeah you're telling me how you feel like it's not the same problem or the same scale we're not comparing anyone to anything mm-hmm. but I think that sharing of like like you said, like I want to listen and I want to be non-judgmental, but if I hear something that I can't help myself but respond to, Absolutely. just say, I yeah. can't help myself but respond to This might make no sense or be completely useless to you. Yeah. But that, that way, you're not telling someone, let me help you the way that I think you should be helped. Exactly. And, and there's things where you can like, you know, a lot of these depressive thoughts or things that even while you're feeling them or saying them to someone you can kind of see how they're not true, but they're so ingrained in you. Personally, like, I, I've had, I, I've got, thankfully, I'm lucky to have some very amazing people in my life. Uh, not, like, my family's great too, but I'm saying, like, chosen family. Chosen family, yeah. friends of mine who, you know, like, I'll have a concern, like, I think I'm terrible for the people I care about, and that, like, that's a negative thought to me, and these people are those people, and they'll sit there going... No. You know, sometimes it's a little harsh, but it, it good. They'll be like, you're a fucking idiot because, don't know, don't ever say you're a fucking idiot, but in this sense, <laughs> it works. Uh, you're a fucking idiot because, like, I love the shit out of you and you do matter to me. And I'm, and, you know, maybe pair it with and I'm sorry that you feel that way because not blaming the other people, but there's a reason you might feel that you're bad for them or yeah. they don't want to see you or you're isolated. So it helps to, you know... It, it it helps to have those things negated in a in a nice calm way where you're like okay I have a little bit of clarity now I realize how you're feeling exactly this person loves me this person is looking out for my well being yeah and I think that's sort of 
a statement in general. Like, I can't, obviously not comparing situations, but I've had this feeling quite a bit, and I've said it in the podcast a few times, where I come across people that I have negative feelings towards, mm-hmm. whether they're sad or angry or whatever, just negative feelings. And I don't know how to express them because I haven't set up a vulnerable right. space or a communication channel with them. This sounds so fucking preachy, by the way. I can hear myself talk. <laughs> but it's true. I'm starting to fucking feel this happen and be like, I can't. Like, you know me for a long time. Yeah. I'm a passionate person. Uh, People yeah. tend to be afraid to tell me what they think because of how I might react. You're intense in a great way. Yeah, but I'm not so intense anymore. Okay. And I'm, I am. Like, I, things I care about, for sure. Yeah. But I am more and more like I am saving my energy. I'm not going to blame you for your shortcomings. I'm going to focus on mine. And, like, that's, like, you know, my own... I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm finding it very difficult to speak with certain people because they already expect an answer from you instead okay. of listening. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where I'm coming back to what you were saying is like, oh, I can't say this to Christine because she's going to overreact. Right. And, and, I, and I do have friends like that and it sucks. And it's the same, I feel like it's the same thing where, um, you know, when you, when you have in front of you someone that you're supposed to open up to. Mm-hmm. And that you know they have this expectation from you, like, oh, I can't say this to Devin because he's going to self-deprecate, or he's going to do the thing that he does, yeah. or he's going to... If if that expectation is in front of you, it's very difficult to say. And speak. I am very self-deprecating. A lot of no, times it's just, it's my, it's my form of humor, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's, it's the depression. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's the lack of, like, I don't feel good about myself, so I have nothing good to say, yeah. so I'm just going to, like, pawn it off as humor. And for me, it's the other way around. I'm just going to pawn it off as anger. Right, Yeah. And I try not to do that anymore, but it's very difficult to get people in front of you to, like, listen and be open. So I, in in my little, tiny, meaningless way, that's, that's no, yeah. no, no, but I you know, know what I mean? What mean. Like, yeah. um, not comparable way. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of like, I can understand the ridiculousness of someone saying, reach out when you're depressed. Oh, yeah, yeah. That whole, like... You know, you were saying like... The I'm, onus is on the person who's depressed. And it's like, yes, I, I do get what you mean yeah, by it. Same. What those people mean I've by it. I've said it a million times. Yeah, but at, at the same time, like, you already know they've got a proclivity to, like, sadness and, and isolation. So maybe you reach out. And don't use that proclivity against them. Yeah. Don't be like, well, they're not going to listen. They're not going to care. They're yeah. not going to hear me. They're not going to understand my concern. Mm-hmm. That prejudice... Is what stops a lot of communication in, in all people. There are some of my best friends that I will not talk to about my depression. And it's not that we have a bad friendship or they're bad people. Or they don't care about me. They don't know how the fuck to talk to me about it. And they don't know how to listen. It's they usually don't listen. listen. And I, I, again, like I don't blame them because it is a very uncomfortable and difficult mm-hmm. thing to do. Especially if you don't feel it yourself. Yeah. But, but, big but. Mm, big butt. But um, <laughs> um, I got distracted. Uh, no, you, you, if, if you know, and I have many friends who have done this, if you know that someone's down and you're seeing that, hey, this week I haven't heard anything from them. I haven't seen visual sadness. I still am a little worried. I'm mm. not, it's not going to send me into a depression for you to send me a text or give me a call or talk to me in person and be like, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. If anything, it like... Fills me, yeah, yeah. It fills me with this like, oh cool, you care. Of care. Yeah. Exactly. Oh okay. If I'm about to slip into it, or if I'm already slipping into it, you can fucking like 
throw that hand in the water and pull that person out. But that's what you were just telling me. So when we were preparing for the episode, I said, look, like, um, how, how, what does it look? And we'll get to this because we've sort of backtracked and came forward, but I'll, I'll keep around. the timeline. Um, you said like, I realized at some point that I had no incoming text for a week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that for me is shocking because I look at that and I get incoming everything at the minute with the book. Like my phone yeah, yeah. is being built on all the time and I want to throw it out the window. But at the same time, there's a handful of people that if I get no incoming text from them for a week, I feel like utter shit. Well, it's radio silence. It's... And there, so I, I can only imagine like the, like, like you're saying, like what, what stops you from just texting someone saying, Hey, how are you doing? When you mm-hmm. know the freaking positive yeah. effects might have. Or again, like I, I, Shouldn't have to say this every single time. I'm going to preface everything I say with there is no blame to the person. Because mm-hmm. this is very difficult, even without this. Relationships yeah. themselves are hard. You're not knowing what someone's thinking. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, maybe if you know someone's fucked up in a sense. In general. Or in even general, if they aren't. Just like, what's the harm in saying, hey, I'm super busy this week. I have no time. But you're... Like, I'm thinking about you. Absolutely. Or what do you if, think you, of this show? if you've had someone, as I've been the someone, I'm texting you every single other day. Not like, do you want to hang on now? Do you want to do something now? Do you want to, are you free now? Are you free now? No. But like, hey, uh, I've got a day off on this day. Uh, do you have a day off on that day? Oh, you do. Would you like to do something? Oh, that sounds great. We have a plan. Day comes. Hey, sorry. Uh, I have these other plans. And it's so clear. What that was is you made multiple plans and waited to the last minute to see which one was the most fun. And that's how I take it. And I realize I'm not not the most most fun. fun. I'm not the good, I'm not the good plan. I'm the backup sad plan. And again, that is that the onus is slightly on me because that's me jumping to conclusions and my own mental And probably so the depression talking. Absolutely. hundred percent. At the same time, I... I talk about this in the book in the sense that I didn't know flaking existed until I moved here. What do you mean? Did no one ever flake on you? In Switzerland, if you flake, it's like the third world war. (laughs) Like, I'm not joking. Like, your schedule is set three weeks in advance. There is no fucking with the schedule. Okay, that's too scripted. It's a different kind of prison. prison. Exactly. It's too scripted. But nobody flakes. I understand occasional flaking. I'm the kind of guy who I've made plans. I'm not going to bail on you. Unless I necessarily had to bail like, on you. Like, totally forgot totally. something really important. Oh, it's my grandma's birthday. But, like, you know... Um, I have a doctor's appointment I or a dentist. I will maybe be an hour late because I was doing my own fucking thing. But, like, I'm not bailing on you. If it's a one-on-one plan, yeah. I would never fucking yeah. do that. Yeah. But if it's, like, let's everyone's hanging out, yeah, I'll show up at that party late. Yeah. Because I look like a cool motherfucker strolling in that backyard like that. That's what you did on Saturday. Did I, oh, I did. Joking. I was hella late. Yeah, I was so fucking late. I didn't even look cool. But it's all good. I didn't even like. I didn't even doubt you for a second. This Word. is this is the difference. Like I, you showed up and I was like, Devin's here. I wasn't looking at my clock like Devin's not here yet. Like, yeah. is he gonna fake? Is he gonna flake? Is he not gonna come? See, I also I didn't have a doubt. And you also practiced it by saying, yeah. I texted you a couple of times, being yeah. like, Hey, I'm here. This is my Figuring status out, now. Gotta go after. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I'm saying it's not that fucking hard. Exactly. It's not that hard. Show a little bit of courtesy to the people you claim to love. Basic respect for people's time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to go back. So, first, like, okay, mom, conversation in the car. Yeah. Ending up in tears. Great time. Yeah, not a good time. Oh, she loves me. But what happened after that? After that? Uh, she, 
made me. It wasn't my own will. She, I mean, she suggested it, and I said yes, but, like, I didn't want it. I did it for her. Yeah. Uh, I went to counseling, and counseling is a great fucking thing. It has helped so many people I know, so many people I don't know, <laughs> but for me, At I... At that time... Yeah, I was essentially butting heads with the therapist. It was just... I wanted answers, and I know a lot. You know, they don't all have one solid style across the board. No, one thing there's is, so many types. They of don't want to tell you what's up. They want you to figure it out your own, right? Like there'll be suggestions, there'll be leanings, there'll what do be you like think? exactly. But to me, that was so fucking frustrating. She's like, "What do you want to talk about?" And you know, I love you, Dad, but my biggest issues are definitely like dad issues. Yeah, you know. And so I talked about that, and she was like. Well, how do you think you wronged him? And I was like, no, no, I'm not, this isn't fucking about that. I don't want to own up to my shit. And I definitely, (laughs) you know, which is fair, maybe a couple (laughs) sessions down the line because I have shit to own up to. We all do. I have a lot of shit to own up to. But but let me bitch. (laughs) Let me bitch. Let me be the fucking victim I feel I am. Because if not, then I don't feel like. I don't feel your empathy. And right now it's empathy that I fucking need. I wanted her to ingratiate herself into me, understand me. To be fair, you were fucking 18, though. I was 18. Like, let's backtrack to that. Like, for me, there was a massive thing that we now look at the past of our own selves Mm -hmm. with the hindsight. Oh, totally. I look back at that 18-year-old with a 28-year-old mentality. Which is not fair to the 18-year-old, because the 18-year-old is just angry. It doesn't understand what's happening to him. And is a stunted Vancouver at youth, so I'm like a (laughs) 14-year-old best. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know you back then. <laughs> I can't make generalizations. Oh, I'm the but. same person now. <laughs> I just work now. <laughs> yeah. But no, okay, so so counseling doesn't make you feel better. It at that didn't, point in time. It didn't. I have gone back at other times. And like that's the thing. I never wanted to dissuade someone from counseling. Because, no, 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 but I'm just, I'm just tracing your timeline. Right. Okay, we're not, so on a very commenting. personal thing, yeah. it's not yeah, a yeah. vague thing. On a very personal thing, it didn't really feel good for me. Yeah. And to be honest, years went by without me feeling that maybe I was numbing it because those were the years where I went back to UBC and I met some amazing fucking people and uh forgot that the point of university is school and I was drinking a fuckload yeah uh that's when I first got into weed I don't blame weed that's my PSA weed (laughs) has actually helped me in so many ways uh, but, but it's a good numbing agent when you're It's a good numbing ignore. agent. And yeah. so, like, for a while, I was like, oh, I'm happy. All I'm doing is hanging out with people. All I'm doing is drinking. All I'm doing is smoking. I'm having a great time all the fucking time. And yay. so, yeah, yeah, yay. But then, fucking, <laughs> then, uh-oh, uh-oh, sadness, right? <laughs> uh-oh, sadness. And you're like, oh, you haven't been destroyed. You've just been hiding in the back of my fucking mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, you know, it 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 comes up. For me, in feelings of failure, a lot, yeah. which I think is, I think across the, maybe not across the board, but with many people I've talked to, where I realize, oh, hey, uh, I might fail out of university, and then years later, oh, hey, I'm graduating, but I'm in my seventh year of university. I'm Van Wilder without all the fucking cool shit, and I don't look like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, so... And and that's the kind of stuff that still hits me now. Yeah. Is when I realize, oh, I'm not where I ever wanted to be. I'm struggling financially. Uh, social life isn't great. And it's like, oh, all I see is failure. Yeah, but I think that's... 
That's a really hard point, and I'm so glad you bring it up because I'm having this conversation, this particular part of the conversation, with people that I would never believe would feel failure. Like people you think are successful in your eyes. No, people who are so successful. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. In anyone's eyes. On the, the Bourdain and, and even and to their Spain own thing. guys. Yeah. But this is the thing, like, these people don't feel like they're not successful. This is the difference, I think. Like, right. the, the borderline between sort of clinical and not. They haven't met you know? their expectations. Yes. Yeah. And they're, like, I'm thinking of a person in particular that I can't name, but um, this person is just, to anyone who doesn't, does know, like, to, do, to anyone who knows them, even vaguely, mm-hmm. is, like, goals. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I spoke to them... I don't, know, I don't even know what we were thinking about, talking about. We were just on Instagram, like, scrolling, basically bored. And I guess I was probably just posting about my fucking book, as that's all I do. Um, and, sorry guys, we're going to make some noise, because we're drinking more vodka. I need vodka. drink. I'm talking about my sadness. <laughs> click, click. I <laughs> uh, need that numbing oh, agent. empty. These are all Shit. empty. Here, These the are, uh, this is not healthy. Don't do this Don't do this things. on a Tuesday night. I mean, we're celebrating. Drink Whatever. if you want to drink. I'm just saying, don't like try and think you're going to be all not Better. depressed after. Yeah. So anyway, this person is like telling me about this whatever Instagram page. Right. And telling me like, ugh, you see whoever blah blah is doing blah blah. And I hate Instagram because it makes me feel like shit. And I literally looked at them and went, it makes you feel like shit? Your Instagram makes me feel like shit. And look at my Instagram. I can't complain about my Instagram. It's like London, New York, Paris, bullshit. My Instagram looks like everyone's dream life. But this is crazy. But my Instagram is is like, this is fake. This is another thing about the modern age. Modern age is great right now because mental health issues are bigger and we're talking about them and they're more acceptable and they're not taboo. However, the the converse side of that is with social media. The there, failure I, is like in yeah, your face. There's a term that I cannot think of for the life of me right now, but it is it is seeing someone else's social media and thinking, why well, I, I can't live up to this. Yeah. You have to realize people don't post their bullshit. I, I might. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. we do. I post my sadness because maybe I'm, I'm a glutton for it. But, um, you know, most people post the best shit yes. and only the good shit and so you can't judge your life against that no. that's something I only recently learned in the last couple of years but that's why I think it's very difficult to sort of uh, blame someone for feeling their failures more than they are because we all feel that mm-hmm. fucking way at any point in time because Absolutely. of modern technology and we yeah. all choose to indulge in it like we could all turn off our phones I'm not blaming modern technology right. no, yeah, for yeah. our own fucked upness but the point is everyone feels like they're failing in a way or another yeah, and I envy the people who don't, and I know a lot of people who don't. Like I don't know who? If, I don't know. Well, I can't. It's not even people you know, but like I have friends who are like, fuck, that could be another mental disorder. But they're like, they see, <laughs> they, they see no wrong in what they do, and like in my eyes, maybe I don't see the negatives that they do. They're correct to think that because they're successful um, financially, successful in in work, successful relationship wise, friendship wise. Though? Are they creative? No. Okay, so this is the main point. And so we have a leaning a, to no, depression? No. 
Mm, we, I, maybe. I, yeah. But I'm not a professional, so I can't say it. <laughs> yes. But I want to say yes, because this is a conversation I had with my mother, who you guys know very little about, but my mother is a theater actress and wannabe screen... What, what do you call people who write plays? Playwright. Playwright. Um, <laughs> right, plays. And then you said so, it, yeah. Um, and then but, I said it again. That's mansplaining. <laughs> we'll have another episode about mansplaining where a we woman should. says something, I say it louder, and I'm the one who said it. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why I love Devin. <laughs> um, but no, like, she was defending this, like, uh, person who's an artist, and it was really shocking to me because she wrote, and I think this was her defending her own, like, frustrations in life, but she wrote... Do not confuse normal life with artist's life because you don't understand. Yeah. An artist has to be provocative. It has to put up things out there that people will disagree with that look like failure, that look like the wrong thing, that are the wrong thing. Oh, did she say this about James Gunn? She, no. Hashtag rehire James Gunn. Uh, I don't want to throw I, I, con- you know who, controversial who is that? shit. That's such a tangent. He directed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Two I like that. and a bunch of other shit. He's a great guy. He's funny with guy. Him? He's coming under fire. We're going on a tangent. He's coming under fire. Uh, got fired from the third Rabbit one holes. because a bunch of tweets that he did about a decade ago came out and. Honestly, like I read the story and I was like, oh, I'm gonna side with him because people are just taking out a proportion. I didn't side with him at the start because they were just not funny like they were <laughs> making light of pedophilia and shit <gasps> no. and rape but like I, and I'm not saying I'm okay with those things no. like those are two terrible things but I know a lot of not know of but I love a lot of com- com- bad comedians comics great comics <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait you know like I yeah. love comics who make these jokes but can make them funny and he didn't make them funny but he used to be a shock value comic and what a lot of people Selma yeah. Blair Dave Bautista are saying now is what does it show people who can change, who have changed, what is the point in changing exactly. if your past if gonna, still comes back to yeah. fuck you up? And I'm not saying across the board, no, because sometimes people have done something not. in the past that needs to bite them yeah, in the fucking yeah, ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, no, she wasn't talking about, she was talking about um, Emir Kusturica, who is like the most famous um, Serbian Bosnian, so I'm going to put him under Balkans just not to create any controversy. Yeah, um, I've already done that with pedophilia. <laughs> No, but basically he's a filmmaker who made a movie called Underground that won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival in 1998, ooh, ooh. which you need to watch. We need to watch his movie. Oh, You'll love it. Let's watch it. He made a movie called We're going to take Cat. a break and watch the movie. <laughs> no, he made a movie called White Cat, Black Cat about a gypsy wedding. It's fucking the best movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Watch it. Have a laugh. It's hilarious. White Cat, Black Cat? White Cat, Black Cat. White Cat, Black Cat. By Emir Kusturica. White Cat, Black Cat. You spell that K-U-S-T-U-R-I-C-A. I'll put it in the description. Anyway. Um... <laughs> So he is super controversial now um, in the Balkans because he was born uh, under Muslim faith in the Balkans. But right. there's like only few people in Bosnia who, I guess majority of people in Bosnia, but few people in U- former Yugoslavia yeah. who are uh, Muslim. And he recently converted, recently in the last 10 years, converted to Orthodox Christianity, which oh, is like wow. the Serbian faith. Okay. Um, he, he swapped sides. He went full Anakin. But no, because he's not even that religious. So it was just like his own personal fucking choice. Yeah, just like Anakin. But nobody <laughs> understood this fucking shit yeah. and went like. Also, he doesn't shower and like. He like has this like. Rasta, Ew, like, okay. I, oh, okay. Never no, mind. It's, it's Rasta fine, but you gotta shower. And I've met him and he's like. But he just does this shaggy look. Okay. 
And, like, people are taking his, like, conversion, and, you, like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, like, the fucking typical Balkan bullshit. But anyway, so my mom was defending him against some pretty idiotic people, because they weren't attacking him for his art. They were attacking him for the, like, tiny, minute details. Yeah. Versus the 20 years of art he's made, and the only person who came out of the Balkans and made a movie with Johnny Depp called Arizona Dreams. Ooh, I don't know if you've heard of, not heard of that. I mean, I hate Depp now. It's, like, the 90s. Yeah. Way back when. Ooh. Depp's heyday. Yes. And so he's, like, made it out and, like, made the region famous. Like, if you're from the region, like, you should clearly put that... Anyway, controversial statements, whatever. She said, don't mistake normal life for artist life. Right. And I thought that was... Thank you. I was like, how do we get on this? (laughs) Yeah. I'm very good at tracing back. You're so good. That's why you post this. Ah, That's how I just also deal with my hyperactive brain. (laughs) But... The point is, we're not more prone to it, or, and I say we as, like, creative people, but, like, could be anyone. Thanks for calling me that. <laughs> but you are. Mm, I try to be. No, keep, you keep, are. Continue. I, I keep interrupting you. I keep interrupting Stop you. Stop being self-deprecating. I'm and such a man. Things you do. I'm such a man. Like, no, more people interrupt you more than this. No, men um, suck. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, what I was trying to say is that it's very difficult to compare yourself to people who seem to be succeeding at fitting in the box because life is made to make you fit in the box mm-hmm. so if you follow the path you will succeed if you decide to divert from the path everything you do will look like failure because you aren't following the and that's subscribe what's so cool to path. me and crazy to me because the subscribe path i know people on it and i they're picture perfect happy mm-hmm. but they're not actually happy and then i know people who other people would say their life's in fucking shambles. Hello. Hello, you. Hello. Um, and it's like, no, fuck. I am fulfilled. I am happy. And I, I do. I'm not going to say here. I got to gotta say at one point, like, I'm not just crushed with depression at all times. No. I love the fuck out of myself. A yeah. lot of the times. I think yeah. I'm, at sometimes, I too much think I'm fucking amazing. <laughs> but, um. You are. <laughs> oh, thanks, sweetie. Hey. <laughs> um, I forgot my point because you just complimented me. I'm just blushing. And I'm just, oh. No, but you see the people on the path and you're just like, you're not happy. You're not happy. You're not happy. And I would rather be, I don't know about rather because it's pretty intense sometimes. But, um, you know, it's I, just I, think, a weird I think that would be harder to me if I had dedicated, say, 15 years of my life to becoming like a lawyer or a doctor. And I know I'm minimizing 15 years is nothing for those careers. Yeah. But... Had I done that and then realized I hate this, I think I'd be, I think I, I know those people. I think I would have killed myself. I know those people. Literally. Yeah. Like one of my closest friends. Because there's no back out path. There is. Well, there stop, always stop is. Stop practicing. Yeah. Open I a flower guess. shop. What the fuck else? Open a flower okay. shop. Yeah. You wasted your parents' money. You no, wasted well, your I mean, time. That's, that's a very North American approach. Oh, your parents' in money? You no. wasted your money. No, in Europe, you don't have to pay. So you what? wasted, like, yeah, well, university. I'm sorry, basically... the topic of the podcast is now how Europe is way better than <laughs> North America. No, but a lot of European countries have, like, very minimal fees for university, so you don't actually get into debt for getting education. Hint, oh hint, hint. Oh, my God. So you wasted uh, earning potential for 10 years because you make shit money or right. no money. And, like, you have to be an apprentice or, a, or an intern for many, many years where you might get into debt because if you want to live alone, you can't survive. But if you live at your parents and suck it up, yeah, you're not actually in debt when you finish. Well, let's be honest. Most university students already are living with their parents. Yeah, 
The world. But, but I'm not, not even fucking going to talk about the North American system. Like, I'm very lucky. What's I mean, I have up? no you dad. You came into it and then fucked off out of it, and uh, yeah. you're doing all right. I mean, my daddy paid for it, so I can't. Oh, the fact that you said daddy while chewing on your chain, that's a little uh, viewers-only information. That was real sad to you. It's very sad because, like, I feel like, I mean, I say it in the book, but I feel like people don't understand how privileged I I understand that I am. Now I feel like I'm attacking you. No, you're not attacking me. You're not attacking me. But I do. Safe space. Safe spaces. Mm, Safe spaces. All over the world. I, I seriously don't feel attacked. But yes, I came here. I paid international tuition and I have no debt. I'm like basically in the 1% percentile of students the right. most privileged fucking bitter end i love our tangents because i'm gonna say i know a lot of people like that and they have shame and there's no fucking need to be ashamed no i mean i'm not I'm ashamed i just can't put myself in the, in the same boat as people who racked up fuckloads of debt right to get a degree that then they decided not to use okay you know okay. what i mean yeah, like yeah. i Let got a focus. degree and that decided not to use it but i can't compare myself to someone who did that and put like mm-hmm. their livelihoods at stake yeah you know um, Devin's taking off his shirt. I, we had I, to, I mouthed it to her so that I would do it and it wouldn't be weird and we didn't have to announce it, but it's, my apartment it's is sweltering It's a hundred million hot. degrees in here. We closed the windows for you guys. For you, you know, we turned off the fan. Back alley bullshit, but Basically, dying. Now we're just going to get naked and drink and you guys are Ugh. to blame for it. <laughs> and we're going to forget to stop recording, then we're going to have sex, you guys are going to hear all that too. Uh, so yeah, so Devin's gone off on a tangent. We're not going to have sex. I'm being very hopeful. Here. I'm being very hopeful. But I mean, whatever. Um, we already know that I know Devin through Jerry, who's the one person I regret having sex with. Don't so you link me to that shit. No, I don't be the second person you regret having sex with. There's many people in between. Okay, so. awesome. I'll be the 70th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh my god, I hope it's not 70. That's like a really bad ratio. <laughs> I also hope that if we ever have sex, we neither of us regret it. Good. Yeah, I, I hope we a- never. I hope we never have sex. But if we do, unregretful sex. <laughs> Amazing. We are shaking hands. I wish for We're all signing of you- a binding contract at the moment. There's a notary here. Adam, say hi. That's a I notary. Th- oh my god. <laughs> I wish for all of you the same thing, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not necessarily with Devin, with anyone in your life. No, no, with, with me. With me. Hey, guys. My address is in the description. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, but yes, anyway, going back, how long has it been since we've been talking? Jesus. A long time. Oh yeah, okay. We need to soon wrap it up. We're closing? Because we got no. off suicide and no, depression. Dude, we can we can go for another 15 minutes. They'll listen. I'm cool with anything. I just don't want anyone listening to this to think, oh, we were getting somewhere and then didn't. Yeah. And I, like, I have nothing succinct to say after that. I do. But, okay, perfect. <laughs> Great <laughs> host. me really serious. No, I do. Because basically, what I found the most powerful when you reach out to me, is that you said, hey, see, I once called a suicide hotline when I was oh, not yeah. at the bottom of my fucking depression just to know what the fuck they would say if I actually need them one day. Yeah. And I thought that showed, like, really, like, your strength of character and your awareness oh. of where you were. No, like, literally, I'm saying this regardless. Like, I think that that, that sort of, like, preemptive step is what, Women need to do with pap tests. Like what? That's like the kind of shit you need to do with your yeah, health I issues. I took my motherfucking pap test. But that's pretty <laughs> much no. But like you, that makes it sound ridiculous. But it, it because it is a health issue. You can take off your fucking shirt. I'm taking my shirt off. Shut because, up about it. These people don't know. They don't see me. <laughs> but because it is a health issue, people just like 
get it away from that side. And I'm like, no, it is an illness. You need, like, fixing. Yeah. Not in the sense that it can be fixed easily. Yeah, but, but some yeah, help at least. Help. Some, some assistance. And I think that that's really interesting. So can you t- say a little bit more about, like, yeah. what led you to pick up that phone? So the apartment we are in right now, uh, our back alley, the reason we're sweltering, we shut the fucking windows because it's loud as hell. Uh, I went, and this was at, like, 2 in the morning, and I went and I sat down out back with a smoke, fucking, unfortunately, a pack of smokes, and a bottle of wine and i just sat there and i i was weeping i was fucking weeping been there like yeah and and like we all have but like it was it was one that i remember now where it was just like so disgusting weeping just like (laughs) so like a dying fucking moose or something but like i'm out there and my neighbors probably fuck my neighbors but uh so i'm out there and i think like Look, I am fucking hurting, and I don't have anyone I can reach out to right now. The people I want to reach out to the most, the people I love the most, not in the whole world. Yeah. Thank you, family. I love you. But uh, the friends I want to reach out to were the people I couldn't, and it's because they were involved in how I was feeling. And so... So it would have been blaming them. That's not what you wanted to do. Yeah, and I don't want to do that. And uh, with a complete lack of options in front of me... I remembered every fucking indie uh, rock act of the late 90s and early 2000s. Anytime their music video had something serious to do, there was a call suicide prevention hotline at the end. And yeah. And it was like, oh, I never know. I never need that. Blah, blah, blah. Looked it up. Called it. And this woman answered the phone. And she, at the start, was like that therapist talked about. Where it was just like, so how are you feeling? Okay, so it sounds like... Okay, so it seems like, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's this again, but I'm also on the verge, so this is a bad time to hear this, and once she got that information from me, from her nonsensical shit, she was so helpful. I wish I knew her real name, I don't even remember the name she gave me, but she was, let's call her fucking Jody. Yeah. Jody was a goddamn superhero, man, like, the way she talked to me, she just like, Look, I know you're feeling this right now. And I, I, I said, I wasn't um, thinking of killing myself at that time, but I actually called her and I said, look, in case I am, because I have before and I could see it coming, where do I go to? What do I do? And so that's how she started talking to me. And that was unbelievable. She just was like, Okay, so... Look, so, yeah, okay, so, give me the facts. These are some people in your life. This is what's happening. Maybe they're thinking this. Maybe you cut this person out. Maybe this is happening. Not any of this, this is what you do. These are maybes. Yeah, like, did you think about this? Did you think about that? Like, did you consider? And the best maybe was, hey, these are other hotlines you can call 24 hours. These are other things you can go into at your local hospital to go talk to people. Because my big thing with counseling is I'm... I'm paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't afford... When people tell me, oh, it's cheap. It's $100 a session. You're like, I don't have a fucking like, $100 a week to care for my fucking week, brain. I'd be getting massages all the time. <laughs> no, but... um, Yeah, so I'm like... I, I talked to her. She's like, a sliding scale. It's either free up to $75. It's like, even 75 is fucking... Better, better. than 100 yeah. So that sliding scale is amazing. Um, I sound like a fraud now because I didn't actually do any of it. And I told friends I would. But you also didn't kill yourself. But I also didn't kill myself. 
But that's so, who knows. No, I'm not. I no, no, I'm not going to. But not going is not like. Well, I didn't kill myself, so I don't have to go. No. If you all, I, I now for the first time am realizing it's going to be listeners, maybe, probably, uh, Most definitely, likely. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Hey guys, hey, how are you? Um, if you're feeling this way, call, call, see them, go see anybody. Even if it's to get angry. Yeah, not even just talk to your friends. I'm sure you have already tried. And if, 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 from the reasons I've said where they just don't know how to talk to you or the fact that your friends just suck ass, if you don't have that outlet and you don't have a family outlet, go to a counselor. Call anybody. There are, in every city, every, yeah, at least as I know of, progressive, forward, everywhere. first world, second world, maybe. maybe and if not, countries. you have Twitter and Instagram exactly. and there's ways. Reach out to people. Reach out to people. To either of us, by the way. And I know that we started this saying that we don't need to reach out. No. But reach out if you need to. If you, you know, need it's to. a different thing. But this is the same yeah. thing, like in that curious mindset where you went, okay, well, now I have no one else, so I'm going to see what the fuck this is. Yeah. And I might either yeah. like be disappointed or not, or get answered to or not, or feel however. She made me stop sobbing. Yeah. Which was crazy, because the three times in my life I've sobbed like that, it was just like, until I pass out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this wailing elephant baby. But uh, in that moment, uh, like, an, and I'm not saying it was right away. I was on the phone with that woman for two hours. Yeah. But she talked me out of Unspeakable. feeling as terrible as I was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but to be honest, those feelings came because I did something I shouldn't have done. Um, I was having a conversation with, with someone I love, with a person who cares about me and has reached out to me and has tried to help me. And our relationship was coming to an end. It was coming to a devolution, maybe a full-blown stop. And I wanted to, in my mind, I do have to preface this because in my mind, I was said this to alleviate any guilt from her. And I did say to her, hey... If I kill myself, it's not your fault. But of course, anybody fucking hearing that, especially someone hearing that who's ending a relationship with you in any sense of the term, we'll feel friendship, like relationship, fault. familial, takes that as a last effort, guilt trip. Hey, take me back or I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And so, to be honest, when I was wailing on the phone, it wasn't that it was done with me and this person. It was wailing that I had put that affliction on them. On her. Yeah. On her. Because how do I... You know, I texted her right away. I tried to call her right away. But of course, of course, she didn't answer. Of course she didn't answer. She's dealing with that in her own way. Yeah, she's angry at and you. And so, you know, uh, the suicide hotline professional helped me understand and helped put Jody, things in perspective. Help calm me down. Jody, not your name, but I hope you hear this. It's Devin. What's up, babe? I'm doing good. You're great. You saved me. <laughs> I don't want to take. I don't want people to take this lightly because we have had a very fun and laughing episode. Yeah, I'm just a goofy but guy. You and I like to laugh also, and we know each other well, so we know how to sort of jump in mm-hmm. and out of this. But I think that that for me, when you said like, can we talk about this because this is what I have done, yeah, and no one else that I know has done this or at least told me. That they've done it. And I was like, do you know what? I don't know if I was in your shoes if I would have had the balls. And that's a fucking dumb expression, so I'm sorry that I'm using it, but... I have balls and I rarely use them. No, but in the sense that it's... 
it's daunting. Like, there's a lot of things that have a label on them and a lot of shame attached to them. Yeah. Like, a lot of... Totally. You know, social construction around it that just pro- prohibits you from doing something quite simple, which is, like, picking up the phone. And so, I really wanted to share your personal experience because you, you wanted to. Um... And I think we could have gotten darker and deeper, but I'm almost glad we didn't. No, and this is why, like, two days ago, I met with Devin, and Devin was like, um, I'm not depressed anymore. Should I get depressed so that we did this? And I was like, no, that's not the Don't point. Don't worry, maybe Sunday happened, but then Monday <laughs> happened, and I'm okay again. Shit. Sunday sucks, man. That's the I fucking roller you. coaster. But honestly, downs. the point is that that action that thing is not that hard it made you feel better and it was for me like i was like okay so i as 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 a as an ally can only do one thing i can check in with my friends that i know are having a shitty time yeah and i can listen absolutely those are the things i can do if we could like just cut it off after a sentence, it would be like, uh, you know, check in with your friends, you know, and blah, 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 blah. exactly what you said, not 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 what I said. Let's check edit in, this. check in with your friends and listen. Yes, that but, was it. Succinct. That's right. But if you have, if you feel like you have no friends who will check in with you and listen, call the hotline. There's hotlines all over the world. Twitter at me or. at do you have Twitter? I don't have Twitter. So Twitter at me or Instagram at me. You can mail me. me at my address. It's one, two, three, four. No fucking way am I doing that. <laughs> uh, but I want to be there for you. I do Basically, be reach out to me and I'll pass it on to Devin if you want to speak to Devin. Yeah, I mean, if, um, if for some reason you think I'm someone you want to talk to about this, I would love to. I would love to be able to help anyone I could. There you go. So you know how to find me, Twitter, Instagram, email, whatever the fuck you guys want. It'll all be in the description. Thank you for listening to this um longer than usual podcast um but we hope it's made your commute or your laundry folding or your dusting or whatever the fuck you do while you listen to this crying the whole time i mean i hope you drank with us in a non-drowning your sorrows way because we didn't get that dark you wouldn't be crying i hope you're laughing i mean i almost cried at the beginning well you were crying at the beginning i know i cried today i've had a hard day so if you were crying, I wasn't wearing pants, and she was very <laughs> upset by it. You're an idiot. Um, if if you were crying, that's okay. We're all there for you. Uh, but anyway, this is just all to say thank you, Devin. Thank you. For I love up. I love this, and I love any possible all the potential listeners. And of course, I love you to death. Mm, I love you. Yeah, lots, lots, lots. you the best. You the best. But yes, and you guys have been amazing listeners. We hit over a thousand listens very recently. Oh, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really good. What? Yeah, and, and more and more of you are getting in touch with me with your questions, remarks, and comments, and I'm loving it. And if you want to be on it, and if you think you have something to say, and if you're a girl, because we've had a lot of dudes. A lot on. of dudes. But, I mean, if you're a dude and you have something to say that we haven't said, please. No, you, no, you guys no know dudes. I like no dudes. dudes. All the dudes come at me. But, yes, get in touch with us. Um, lots of love. And speak to you guys next Friday. Thanks, Devin. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.